Welcome to the Merge Podcast. The Merge is the student ministry of the First Baptist Church in Barnwell, South Carolina. The mission of the Merge is to equip students to love God and His people. Here is student pastor Ryan Holtzclaw. Okay, we need you guys to come up. Come on, get up.
may be seated. My good buddy Smeagol, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, Lord of the Rings, but uh, Smeagol was in possession of the ring for 500 years. In fact, the ring was lost for a very long time, and, um, and his brother Deagle actually found it. They were fishing together, and, uh, and they found out that it had magic powers, and there was something about the ring that really um, people were drawn to, and a lot of it had to do with, with the way it made you uh, feel, and the way in, way in kind of the way it made you kind of lose your identity and be invisible, and uh, gave you kind of a false sense of security, but it also allowed you to prolong your life. Um, it seemed like it had eternal life attached to it. And, uh, and Smeagol was drawn to this, so much so that he was willing to kill his own brother in order to get the ring. Then after being in possession of it for nearly 500 years, he loses it. And, uh, and he just starts to deteriorate, as you see him there, um, Gollum. And, uh, and then finally, he finds the guy that's got the ring. And he goes and he tries to, to get it from him in The Lord of the Rings. You know, in that movie, it, it seems, uh, you know, it seems kind of wild that, you know, people would be so drawn to something that, um, that's an idol, something that would cause you to, to kind of lose your mind. And um, this intense draw is in a movie setting is, uh, you know, is one thing. But, you know, to be honest with you, teenagers don't struggle with idolatry. I mean, you know, this whole thing called, you know, the ring caused him to turn his back on his family, to even, like, kill his own family, and, uh, and he would do anything to try to get the ring. But you guys don't, you, you don't struggle with that. Teenagers, you know, you don't struggle with idols, because idols are like those, you know, those make-believe things in movies, or idols are those little statues that are gold that you read about in the Bible, where where they would make these little gold statues and then you would kind of bow down to them and do whatever you could uh, to try to worship them and be there for them. I mean, you, you guys would never turn your backs on, on, on your friends or on your families for idols, right? Uh, well, actually, um, you do. For some of you guys, your idol might be popularity and you'll do whatever you can to try to gain that popularity You'll even turn your back on your family and on your friends. You know, some of you guys, uh, your idol is sports. Uh, for some of you guys, your idol is, is, um, are those possessions that you might have that, um, I know none of you guys have an idol called a cell phone. I know that. Like, there's no way that you could, like, care more about your cell phone than you do about God. I mean, there's no way that you could actually, you know, text, you know, 3,000 texts in a month. And talk to God like 20 times. I mean, there's no way that that could happen, right? And, and there's no way that, like, you would have a boyfriend or a girlfriend that you cared more about than you did the creator of the universe. I mean, there's no, so, you know, tonight, I know I'm, I'm just speaking to the wall tonight. I know that as we talk about the second commandment, that none of you guys have that problem. Like, that whole idea of idolatry, of putting something else is, 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 is a value, as great worth, greater than, than God. So, so for those of you who, um, who I'm not talking to, well, you can just tune me out, you know, for the next few minutes. But I'm afraid that some of you might be struggling with this second commandment. Uh, you should have remembered 
the first commandment. What's the first commandment? No other gods before you. And tonight we look at the deuce. The deuce is that, I'll just read it to you. In fact, you got a scripture there. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 20. I want to be specific as we look at this, um, as we look at this, this commandment. Exodus chapter 20, beginning in verse 4. It seems like they could have lined the verses up with the commandments, doesn't it? Like number one would have been verse one, number two. But uh, they didn't have any verses anyway when the whole thing started. So we're on verse four, but it's commandment two. It says this, you shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Now, an idol, for those of you who don't already know, an idol is a representation or a symbol or an object of worship. Worship is given worth to something, okay? So an idol is a likeness of something, but it's a pretender. It's an imposter. It's not the real thing. An idol is something that is an object of extreme devotion. An idol is something that has the form or appearance that's visible, but it doesn't have substance. It doesn't have lasting substance. You see, an idol is anything that you put in front of God. You might be sitting next to that person. You might be practicing that thing. You, you might be talking on that constantly. Whatever the idol is in your life that you are not willing to let go of in order for you to cling to God and to do what he wants you to do. That's what an idol would be. Now, there's a story in the scripture that really exposes this whole thing called idolatry. It, there's, a, there's a couple of different passages in scripture. The one I want to take you to is in Joshua chapter 7. So look in Joshua chapter 7. If you don't know Joshua is, uh, look in your table of contents. That's one of the greatest books in the Bible. Uh, but some of you guys know uh, this guy named Joshua. Uh, you know of Moses, right? Moses let my people go. He let, his, led the people out of Egypt, the slaves out of slavery. He's moving them to the promised land. But Moses does not take the people into the promised land because he made a mistake. He did something wrong. And if you don't know the reason why Moses was kept from going to the promised land, I'm not going to tell you. You're going to have to figure it out yourself. You're going to have to find it out later because that's got nothing to do with the message tonight. There's something to think about. Like, why did Moses not make it to the promised land? Check it out. That's your homework assignment. But Moses takes these guys to the edge of the promised land. God allows him to see the promised land, but then he dies on a mountain. And so the next dude, which is a guy named Joshua, leads the people into the promised land. And so the very first thing that they do in the promised land is they go to the first, the first place, man, and they, and they ransack the place. I mean, they come in to Jericho in the battle of Jericho, and they just take the city by storm. And, and God tells them, I want you to go in this place. I want you to wipe the place out. I want you to clear it out. I want you to kill everybody. And I don't want you to take anything out of the city. I want it to be just, boom, 
boom, just obliterated because that's going to be a testimony that I am the Lord God. And when you guys go in there, the rest of the, the, rest of the people that are inside of the promised land territories, they're going to be scared to death because of me, not because of you. It's not going to be anything that you do on your own. And so they go in there and they, and they like take over this place and they burn everything in the city. And all the precious metals are, are held for the treasury of the temple of the Lord. And nobody's supposed to take any of this stuff. Okay? All right. And so then in the second battle, like Jericho was like freaking them out because they were thinking there's no way we can beat these people. And God said, just watch. I want, instead of you going and fighting, I just want you to circle the city and start hollering. Just circle the city, start hollering. We're going we're gonna to blow seven trumpets. All the walls are going to come down. And, and, and then you're going to take them. And so after this, after they like defeat them, they're like, like they get their chest puffed up. They're like, oh, well, we're the stuff, right? I mean, we're, we're God's chosen people. We're going to take this joint. Now they go into the second battle and like they don't even hardly think about it. Like they're going like, to go into the second battle and they're just going to wipe them out, right? When they go into the second battle, they get beaten so bad that they beat them out of the city and it's almost like they're kicking them over the mountain to get them out of the place. And Joshua was like freaking out. He's like, I can't believe this. What happened? Well, I mean, what's going on? I mean, why would you allow this to happen, God? Why would you allow us to get to the promised land and, and like win the first battle and then get, like, look like idiots in the second battle? And so in Joshua chapter 7, he reveals, he reveals in Joshua chapter 7 that, that something happened. Somebody, somebody took an idol for themselves in that first battle, and that's the reason. And he says, Joshua, you need to find that guy. You're going to need to find out who that is because you're not going to move forward because one guy, one guy is worshiping idols, and I'm not going to have it. You're not going to make it past the second battle. And so we get to the point in Scripture in Joshua chapter 7 and verse 19 uh, where, where Joshua finds this dude, okay? Now, from that first set of commandments, it says that idols are man-made. If you got a pencil and you're taking notes, I would write down, idols are man-made stuff. It's not God. It's stuff that we put value on, things that we make. And these idols are man-made. And so, Joshua here is talking to this guy named Achan after he kind of calls him out. Look in Joshua chapter 7. In verse, uh, let's see where I want you to start. Man, this is tough stuff. He tells Joshua to stand up in verse 10. He says, what are you going, what are you doing down on your face? Israel sinned. They violated my covenant. They have taken some of the devoted things they've stolen, they've lied, they've put them with their own possessions. That is why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. And then in verse 13, go consecrate the people. Tell them, consecrate yourselves in preparation for tomorrow, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, that which is devoted is among you, O Israel. You cannot stand against your enemies until you remove it. All right, so in the morning, he presents himself tribe by tribe. The tribe that the Lord takes shall come forward, clan by clan. The clan that the Lord takes shall come forward, family by family. And he gets all the way down to this one guy. And Joshua's standing in front of this one guy. And this one guy named Achan is called out. And he says, my son, give glory to the Lord. 
the God of Israel, and given the praise. Tell me what you've done. Do not hide it from me. And Achan replied, it is true. I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. This is what I've done. When I saw in the plunder a beautiful robe from Babylonia, 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them and I took them. They are hidden in the ground inside my tent with the silver underneath. What an idiot, man. I mean, this guy, this guy is one of those robbers, right, that gets caught doing something really stupid. I mean, this guy was, a, was he was solely responsible for Israelites getting wiped out in the second battle, and he was solely responsible for not allowing them to make it into the promised land. It was like one of those dumb robbers, you know, that you read about in the newspapers. Here's some true stories. In Colorado Springs, a guy walked into a little corner store with a shotgun, and he demanded all the cash from the cash counter. And so the, the ladies frantically get in the drawer, and then while he's up there, he says, I, I, I want that bottle of scotch, too. Give me that bottle of scotch. So the lady puts the bottle of scotch up on the counter while she's counting the cash, and she says, sir, you're not over 21. Hey, yes, I am over 21. No, sir, you're not. I, I know you're under 21. I can't, I can't give you that bottle of scotch. Don't tell me. And she said, I, I'm going to need to see your driver's license. I'll show you I'm over 21. Pulls out his driver's license, shows it to her. She reads his name, his address. And then she says, okay, I, you're over 21. He gets the bottle of scotch, get, takes the money, and runs out the door. She calls up the cops and tells the guy who his name is and where he lives. Now, see, that's just dumb, Right? I mean, I know that's like, that, that's like, like some of your family, like some of your kinfolk. I know. I mean, that's just dumb, right? Well, here's another one. In Georgia, investigating a purse snatcher, detectives picked up a man who fit the thief's description and drove him back to the scene. He was told to exit the car and face the victim for an ID. The suspect carefully eyed the victim and blurted, yeah, that's the woman I robbed. Stupid, man. I mean, that's just stupid, right? I mean, these are Carolina fans. I mean, look at this. It says... It says, listen, a man walks into a Circle K. He puts a $20 bill on the counter and asks for change. And when the clerk opened the cash drawer, the man pulled a gun and asked for all the cash in the register, which the clerk promptly provided in a lot of bills. And the man took the cash from the clerk, fled, leaving the $20 bill on the counter, and the total amount of cash in the drawer was $15. I mean, that's just stupid, right? I mean, that's just dumb, right? In, in Seattle... A man attempted to siphon gasoline. Those of you who don't know that, you stick this hose in a gas pipe and you suck it like that. And then when it starts to come out, you like put it over in a jar and it'll just keep on flowing until it gets out of the tank. And so this guy starts to do that. But when he does that, he got much more than he bargained for because he siphoned the gasoline from a motorhome. Okay? The police arrived at the scene to find an ill man curled up next to a motorhome near spilled sewage. He, he stuck the hose in the sewage tank of the motorhome. And then he got a little bit in his mouth when it was coming. A police spokesman said that the man admitted to trying to steal gasoline and, and plugged his hose into the motorhome sewage tank by mistake. And the owner of the vehicle didn't press charges because he said it was the best laugh he got all day. I mean, that's just stupid, right? That's just stupid. Well, I mean, when we look at these robbers and we see how stupid they are, and we look at this guy named Aiken... Who, who, who could have had everything. I mean, God was about to give them everything. And he takes for himself just a few things of gold and a coat. A coat he takes for himself. He covets those things. Those things become idols in his own life. And, and, and because of that, 
He's about to have the smack laid down on him because the second thing you need to understand, if you're taking notes, is that idols make God jealous. You see, idols are man-made, but also idols make God jealous. That comes from Exodus chapter 20, that God is a jealous God. Now, Now, God is jealous, and he doesn't want you to have other things that you're putting value on. And there's nothing wrong with God being a jealous God because, because God desires total surrender from you guys. You see, you can't just say, hey, I believe in God and all that and then just do whatever you want to do. It doesn't work that way. There's nothing in Scripture that says that's the truth. I don't know why you believe that's a lie. I don't know why you believe that lie in your life that you can just kind of like pray a prayer one day and then just do whatever you want to do. That's not the truth. The Scripture says that if you have confessed Christ as Lord, He has saved you from your sin, that you have totally surrendered to Christ, and you can't live in sin any longer. You can't do it. And therefore, if you've come to know Christ in the last year or two, yet you're still living however you want to live, and you're still doing the things that you just want to do, and you're doing the wrong thing, you need to check yourself because you might not be saved. I'm not saying that you're not going to be perfect. I'm just saying that you're not going to have a lifestyle where you blatantly disobey God, and all you're trying to do is not get caught by your parents. That's ridiculous. Because idols make God jealous. It's just like you guys who have a relationship with your, with your girl or your boy, you know. And they start talking to somebody else and it makes you jealous. And why does it make you jealous? Because you really like that person, right? And you want that person to really like you. And then when they go around talking behind your back on Facebook, messaging people or putting things on people's walls or whatever. And then they turn around and they start like seeing somebody else or, or, or heaven forbid, they go and kiss somebody else or hold somebody else's hands. I mean, that rips your heart out. That rips your heart out, right? And this is somebody you've only known for three months. I mean, you've just been dating them three months. I mean, what's the big deal? I mean, you hardly even know the person. There's no even commitment there or anything. But you know what that feels like, right? You know what it feels like when someone else finds value in in another boy or another girl, and you've been dating them for three months. Think about what it feels like when you're God, the creator of the universe, the one that molded you in in your mom's womb. And then came to the earth and died on a cross for your sin. And let you know about it. And gave you an opportunity to to follow him. And then you gave him some kind of lip service one day of saying you're going to follow him. And then you go up and you pick up these other idols in your life and you give them value and their worth. What do you think that does to the heart of God? There is a commitment there that is far greater than anything that you've ever experienced with some boyfriend or girlfriend. You see, God is a jealous God. And I don't know if you've ever had a boyfriend or girlfriend get mad at you because you went and talked to somebody else or you just looked at somebody else. You barely even talked to them on the phone or whatever. You know the anger that came out of that? Well, God has a righteous anger. He has a righteous anger that comes out of individuals who he has created that continue to live a life of sin and do not confess him as their Lord. You see, because one day God's going to come here and he's going to wage war on sin. And if you're dead in your sin, he's coming to wage war on you. And that's the last point. In Exodus chapter 20 that we looked at before, 
Exodus chapter 20 tells us that, that idolatry leads to death and is punished to the fourth and fifth, third or fourth generation. That means your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren are affected by your sin. This idolatry here in Achan's life cost him not only his own life, but it also cost him the life of his family. Check this out. So Joshua sent messengers and they ran to the tent and there it was hidden in his tent with the silver underneath. They took the things from the tent, brought them to Joshua and all the Israelites and spread them out before the Lord. Then Joshua, together with all of Israel, took Achan, son of Zerah, the silver, the robe, the gold wedge, his sons and daughters, his cattle, donkeys and sheep, his tent, and all that he had to the valley of Acre. And Joshua said, why have you brought this trouble on us? The Lord will bring trouble on you today. And then all Israel stoned him. And after they had stoned the rest, they burned them. Over Achan, they heaped up a large pile of rocks, which remains to this day. And then the Lord turned from his fierce anger. And therefore, that place has been called the Valley of Acre ever since. So you want to know what he traded his life and his children's lives for? A beautiful robe, 200 shekels of silver, which is five pounds of silver, a wedge of gold, which was about, about a pound and a quarter of gold. And all of that being totaled up was worth in today's dollars about $16,000. About the price of a new car which might be an idol for somebody. Just $16,000 he traded his own life and his kid's life. His integrity was worth about $16,000. What's your integrity worth? Guys, I just want to be honest with you straight up that it's not just about you in your sin and in your idolatry when you're like starting to like put things before God. It's also about your future kids. It's also about your future grandkids. And I've seen individuals who, you know, turned their back on God and didn't live a, a, a godly life. And then they kept their children from going to church. And then their children just got in the habit of not knowing who God was because they never taught about it at, at home. And then their grandchildren, too, don't have a clue about who God is. Because their grandfather didn't make it a priority to, to trust in God and have faith in him. So I don't know what kind of family you come from. But you can change that cycle. You might not come from a spiritual legacy of a family that's teaching you about God. But you can start that legacy in your own life. And some of you came in here tonight and you just came in here to hang out. And you've got some idols in your life right now, whether it's your music that you don't want to give up, that it's just filth, but you're like, yeah, I just don't want to give this up, and I'll give up everything, but I'm not going to give that up. Or, or maybe it's like your boyfriend or your girlfriend who's like pulling you down a wrong road. Or maybe it's things that you put a lot of value on that's got nothing to do with eternity. I don't know what it is for you. But it's time to lay those idols down tonight. And so during our worship time in just a second, 
Some of you guys have some idols you just need to lay down. Some of you guys who, who think you're saved aren't saved. You, you're still like, like holding on to some prayer you prayed one day. That, that ain't going to cut it. Jesus wants total surrender of your life. And so if you're in here tonight and you've never totally surrendered your life to Christ, you're on the way to, to, to what happened to Achan. I mean, you're, you're heading down that path. Because if you were to die apart from Christ... You're dead in your sin. And if you're dead in your sin, Jesus comes to wage war on sin. So bow your heads where you are tonight as we begin to just reflect on our own heart. And I just just challenge you to to really search out your own heart. Because we're about to have a time of worship. And um, and so what I'm going to challenge you to do, man, is I'm just going to say, hey, listen, if you've got some idols in your life that you just need to lay down, uh, I think you need to get up out of your seat, man, and come down to the front and lay those down. Like, almost like it's like, a, it's like a, an outward sign to God that you're just laying those idols down. And you come down here and you just talk to God. You just one-on-one. I mean, you might be a believer and there's some idols that are creeping in on your life. And you just need to repent of that and lay down those idols. And, and you need to do that tonight during our worship time. But I'm also going to talk to you guys who aren't believers, who, who really, to be honest with you, you've not totally surrendered your life to Christ. And so if that's you tonight, I'm going to challenge you just to come over and talk to me. And just say, hey, man, I, I just need you to pray for me. I, I, don't, I don't think I'm saved because I don't think I've never, ever really turned my life over and totally surrendered to Christ. It may be more than one of you, and I might, like, send you to go talk to somebody else. But... I want to challenge you tonight that if if that's you, that you don't leave here and just go start playing with all the little gadgets and stuff that you got when you get out of here and your cell phone and everything else and leave here on the way to hell. I don't want you to do that. But let's pray. Father, we just come before you and I just thank you so much for um, revealing to us in Scripture and warning us in Scripture about, um, about these things called idols in our life. And so these students who are here tonight... I just pray, Lord, that uh, you begin to speak in their heart. And if there's someone in here tonight that is a believer and they've got some idols that are starting to creep in on their life, that you just give them courage to, to come down and just to pray and to talk to you and just lay those at the altar and repent. And, Lord, if there's anyone here tonight that's not a believer, that, that has never confessed Christ as Lord, never totally surrendered their life to you, I pray, Lord, that tonight they might step out and might come and talk to me Maybe come and talk to another adult and say, I I need to follow Jesus. I want to confess him as my Lord. And so tonight, as we go into a time of worship, Lord, we just want to focus in on you. No distractions, no talking to our friends, no talking to our boyfriends. And just really be focused in on you and allowing you to speak to us tonight. There might not be any distractions. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Man, Man, that was good, man. Y'all are flying solo tonight, man, just running the show. Man, that's really cool, man. Y'all did good. Hey, um, before you guys leave, I don't have a clue if you have any announcements. Um, I do want to let you know that if you you don't go to church anywhere on Sunday mornings, um, the... uh, the services that we have here at our, at our church start at 8.30 and 9.40. And, um, and, and there's also an 11 o'clock service. 
And we would love for you guys to come there. In fact, we'd love for you to bring your parents too. If you guys don't go to church anywhere, um, I preach every Sunday morning now, and I preach at 8, 30, 9, 40, 11 o'clock. And, um, and we'd love for you to be there. The first two services like have a praise band and stuff. And then at 940, they have Bible study right down here. And at 11 o'clock, they have Bible study right down here. And uh, it's kind of a smaller group um, than, uh, than what you have here on Wednesday nights. So um, hopefully you're in, plugged into a church. If you're not already on Sunday mornings, man, we'd love for you to come up there and, and to do that. And I don't have a clue if you got any other announcements. So that was my one announcement. The last thing I want to tell you about the, the Ten Commandments is that um, every week it should reveal to you Every week, you've, you've committed every one of the Ten Commandments. You've, you've, like, broken every one of the Ten Commandments. You've broken every one of them. You might say, no, nah, I'm not a murderer, man. I, I never murder nobody. Well, Jesus said that if you hate somebody in your heart, then you've already murdered them. You might say, man, I ain't got no wife. How can I commit adultery? The Scripture says that if you lust in your heart, you've already committed adultery. You see, the Scripture, the commandments, they reveal that you need Jesus. You can't do this thing on your own. You can't just try to be a good person because you're failing. You, nobody can do it. You, you stand condemned already. I do too because there's nothing that I can do. But Jesus has saved us from our sins. So it's just a reminder to us every day, these Ten Commandments that we see it is just the fact that we need Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Merge Podcast. For more information about the Merge Student Ministry, please go to www.mergestudents.com.